take that, Mr. Valquez, on a nice little changeup. And effectively wild all game. Good morning and welcome to episode 261 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Ben, how are you? Okay, sounds windy there. It is windy. It's a little chilly mm. as well. Uh, it, yeah. Uh, unless you're hearing the plane. I'm hearing that also, but I okay. heard, yeah. So, Ben, uh, the Trevor Bauer trade, this is not a topic, but just real quick. The Trevor Bauer trade at the time was generally, I mean, uh, Kevin Towers was mocked, right, for not getting enough? Yeah, and for comparing Gregorius to Jeter. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. But basically, nobody thinks that this is a bad deal from Arizona's perspective, right? No. Right? Yeah, this I alluded. Kind of looks like a big success. Yeah, when we talked about Amaro's moves the other day, I talked about how... uh, the Diamondbacks' moves were were believed to be also kind of crazy over the winter, and now they look uh, a lot less so. At least yeah. some of them. I guess it, the you could argue that. I mean, you can. I guess the point with the with both that move and the Upton move were not necessarily that they were uh, going to turn out badly for the Diamondbacks, but that that Towers had more lucrative trade chips than like kind of he cashed in that he like he sort of undersold those guys mm-hmm. but that i think as we've said here that seems like a, a a leap to take from our perspective and the players he's got mm-hmm. basically kind of doing okay except for martin prado <laughs> yes um all right so what do you want to talk about uh i want to talk about mike trout a little bit okay and now i'll talk about chase utley okay um Lots of lots of Facebook group activity today. We have about 150 members, and one of them, Troy, uh, just Ben, just ben, yes. This is this is not the time. One of them just said, "Hey Ben, this is not the time, Ben." Tell Sam his the end <laughs> at the end if you need to, or at the beginning during the banter. But once we exchange <laughs> topics, it's it's on to baseball. Okay. This is not the time I to. I thought this was the banter. This is not the time to flatter yourself, Ben. Mm, okay. All right. The banter is before the topics. I see. We already exchanged topics. Okay. All right. I'll save it. All right. So go ahead and tell me about Mike Trout. Uh, okay. So Mike Trout, uh, it was... I feel bad now. I feel like now we have to hear the end of this story that you were telling about Facebook. So should we make an exception? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I just want to pass along Troy's insult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says, hey, Ben, tell Sam his excuse for no Facebook is weak. He can just set up another account. There aren't any rules against it. He's not going to get arrested by the Facebook police. I actually have a second account. Oh. <laughs> and I also don't know the password, and I also don't have access to the email address. And uh, I just don't want to be on it. Huh. So how about that? Wow. You're just you're just creating identities all over the Internet and just leaving them behind. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. So tell me about Mike Trout. Uh, so Mike Trout, it was his birthday. As you are probably aware, uh, his 22nd birthday was yesterday, Wednesday. And uh, I did a radio thing earlier tonight. Um, Max Kellerman had me on to talk about Mike Trout. And it was one of those things where uh, you get a you get a tweet, can you come on? And then five minutes later, you're on the radio talking about something. Um, and so he, he put the question to me, uh, which I hadn't really thought about or prepared for. 
what the odds were that Mike Trout would become the best player ever uh, or, or have a strong argument as, to be the best player ever. Um, and so I was, I was recalling as I was fumbling for an answer when we talked about the odds that he would be a Hall of Famer not too long ago. Uh, and I remember that I lowballed it, in your opinion, and you, you gave him, what, a 50-50 shot? At no, least no, no, more, right? I, get, I was, I think, I was seventy or eighty, and and yeah, I actually yeah, oh, that's then, right, you were eighty, I think. I then went on to, I sort of started a piece that looked at playoff odds, and I actually uh, uh, Hall of Fame odds mm-hmm. that I, I never finished, um, but I actually decided that I was even I was probably lowballing him a little bit. Wow. Okay. A little bit. Uh, okay, and and certainly if you look at comparable players i mean there almost aren't any <laughs> through his through his age 21 season pretty much all the all the comparable people are all, are all hall of famers and he's kind of better than than they are um so where then would you would you put his odds of becoming the best player ever like uh maybe one in 24 huh see that okay that that seems uh Trying to figure out that seems, I guess that seems low to me given how high you are on his odds of becoming a Hall of Famer. Uh, well, there's 20 years left that you have to keep doing this, and guys, it, I mean, to do this, uh, basically all of these sorts of achievements that you know, breaking the all-time home run record is a good example. But really, any any longevity achievement, you don't win it in your first decade. You win it in your second decade, and uh, players, the second half of players' careers. Uh, just they, it doesn't always match up with the first half. It doesn't reliably match up really at all. Um, and so I would say that on something like that, you're not betting on his true talent level um, because you know there's as great as Trout is, there probably have been you know uh, you know a, a lot of guys who are within the margin of error of how talented he is. It's about um, uh, it's about uh, not hitting any obstacles and not you know, not, you know, having, having those skills persist. I mean, you don't get to be the greatest player of all time unless you do this for like, you know, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to do that. And I don't think we've seen, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think we've seen anything about Mike Trout that tells us with any reliability how good he's going to be when he's 38. And um, so, you know, the odds are that he will suffer from attrition just like every, you know, almost every ball player. And I mean, you know, Bonds, Bonds isn't the best player of all time because of anything he did before he was 34. He was he was great. He was a superstar. He's one of the best, but he's the greatest hitter of all time because of what he did from 38 to 42, which was entirely unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. You're you are confident that he is going to age well, though. Clearly, uh, if you're if you're predicting that there's a very high chance that he'll make it to the Hall of Fame. I mean, to make nope. it to the Hall of Fame at all. You... Nope, not really. Pools isn't Pools is aging terribly, and he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, I am trying to find. Uh, yeah, okay. So, okay. Uh, I I ultimately concluded eighty-two percent about a month ago. This is what that was my final answer. Um, but uh, no, I mean he doesn't need to do he doesn't need to do anything after age thirty to be a Hall of Famer at the at, you know at the rate he's going. Uh, he basically is going to have once he reaches 10 years he'll be in he'll you know just like Griffey and just like Albert uh, I mean Albert had 10 good years and he's in for sure mm-hmm. um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I think that Trout right now is on a pace where it's ex- it seems very unlikely to me that he won't be. So here's, here's what I, to, I, I might be steering this off topic, but That's I'm going fine. to, uh, s- the, after we talked about this, a guy named Steve emailed us. You read this email. I think you might have replied as well. And he said, I hate to be a downer, but I think you guys are overstating Trout's hall chances. Are his first one and a half seasons any better than Nomar's? And I really liked this email because it really hammers home just how good Trout is and why his case is so strong. Um, so Trout is 22 today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote, uh, I, I, this, Steve wrote this a month ago, though. So he was 21 and 11 months old. When Nomar was 21 and 11 months old, he was hitting 267, 338, 384 in double A. And so Trout has a 15 win head start on Nomar already. Like, mm-hmm. like already. And Nomar, this was when Nomar was in double A. So it was two more years before Nomar became a regular. Trout is very likely going to have 30 wins <laughs> under his belt before Nomar and his career path uh, paths even meet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a 30 win head start, okay? And that's like also half of a Hall of Fame career almost. It, it is exactly half. Of, I yeah. mean, I look at 60 is the shorthand in yeah. my mind. So it is half of a Hall of Fame career by the time Nomar got a starting job. And furthermore, he actually was better in his first two years than Nomar by. Quite a bit. Uh, not not a huge. I mean, Nomar was a superstar, but in Nomar's first two years, he produced 13 warp. Trout had produced 15, and it was only halfway through his second year, and so he actually was better than Nomar. And then, furthermore, this is what I think really drives it home. Garcia Parra is like the cautionary tale in this case. He's like the worst case scenario. He had this brutal injury history. Brutal injury history. He had this extremely fast decline. He is the worst. Like, he's being held up as the scare quotes, right? Mm -hmm. And he produced 47 wins in his career, which is, like, kind of almost borderline Hall of Fame. Like, Mm -hmm. he, there are guys in the Hall of Fame who were essentially Nomar's level. Um, So if if Trout, from this point, just matches Snakebit Nomar Garcia Parra and, and just matches, like, the thing that we're supposed to be scared of, Plus the 15 warp he already had banked, he would have more warp in his career than Roberto Alomar, more than Craig Biggio. And th- I mean, this is what we've we've kind of agreed upon is like the bad scenario. So mm-hmm. that's why I think 82% is just pretty much, uh, you know, if, if I doesn't seem it doesn't seem radical to me at all. And it might actually be. I mean, given the month that has happened since, you're, it just edges up, right? I mean, it's now maybe I now I'd say 85 or 86. Sorry for that Michael K. autoplay uh, that started on my computer just now. Um, yeah, so Mike Mike Trout is is really good, uh, is what you're saying. I am, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't bet on, you know, like like my if you okay. So let's rephrase this question. Uh, <laughs> uh, over under on Mike Trout's value at 39. If I set it at two and a half wins above replacement mm-hmm. and you you have to bet your what how many kids are you gonna have by then 13 <laughs> 13 kids uh sure all right you have to bet all 13 of your kids on this over or under on whatever i said uh if i have 13 kids i will probably be happy to get rid of them um uh-huh. so in that case uh but i would take the under regardless 
Yeah, and just trying to think through, like, I don't even know what went through your head just now, like, what evidence you tried to summon up, but surely your brain realized what a farcical question it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is Mike Trout going to do in 16 years? Like, you're trying to answer with any certainty whatsoever is absurd. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a, like, obviously, I, um, I think that Mike Trout is spectacular. I am obsessed with his career. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but you know, baseball basically manages to break down most of the guys who are really good. And that's the reason when we were talking about Raul Abanez Mm -hmm. and how from age 31 on, he's better than the median hall of famer. Mm -hmm. And when we were talking about how Omar Vizquel, I don't even know if I mentioned this, but one of my all time favorite factoids, which I don't remember the specifics of, but like Omar Vizquel is something like 25th all time in total bases after age 31. It's not that Omar was good. He was terrible. And it's not that Raul Abanez has been great. He's been okay. You know, he's been an okay player. It's that everybody else sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, the very best players, they all just suck. They, they get to a point where they start sucking. I mean, go cry about Eddie Matthews for like a week and a half someday. <laughs> I mean, it's the saddest thing to watch what happened to Eddie Matthews. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you want to talk uh, about? Uh, Chase Utley. I I have actually been. I just glanced at this Facebook thing. You're right. There was a lot of activity today. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. It's a it's a bustling Facebook group. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. You, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so Chase Utley. Um, I I guess. Gosh, are we just going to talk about another player's Hall of Fame chances? So Chase <laughs> Utley signs the extension. Uh, with the Phillies. You know. Uh, and I think the consensus is that this is a good deal. Um, he's going to get, I don't know if we saw the the official, but it was going to be something like 25 to 30 million for two years, which basically means that he has to be a two and a half win player or so for the next two years. He's, he's easily cleared that, um, between 20 and 25 guaranteed with plus vesting options. Heyman says 27. Okay. So, uh, so he's been, you know, he's, he's clearly better than that, uh, worth more than that. Uh, right now when he's healthy he hasn't played a really a full season in four years he's got you know if he stays healthy the rest of this year he might get 130 games which would be the most he's played in the last four years so you could sort of see a um, some reason to wonder about him he's 34 he plays demanding position um but you know basically chase utley continues this this contract you might argue continues the chase utley narrative which is uh, that he is one of the true great players of his generation and um, n- never really gets his due. I did a annotated box score one time for the score mm-hmm. um, in which I created a, a Venn diagram of all the reasons that players uh, don't get into the Hall of Fame even when they're deserving. Mm-hmm. And in the center of it, these like four overlapping circles, there's Chase Utley. Um, and, you know, his his his... He's, you know, he's never gotten any sort of real MVP consideration and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and yet he's arguably been, you know, maybe the second best player or third best player in the game over the last like eight years. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess the question with Utley is a, uh, how worried are you about his position and B, uh, do you think that the Phillies should be signing Chase Utley for two-year deal um given where they are or um you know 
Um, and, and I guess the third question that I might have as well is that people, I think, tend to downplay the uh, the advantage that teams have in signing their own players. So, like, like the, the Phillies didn't – we talked about this, actually. Uh, the Phillies didn't trade Utley at this deadline. And we talked about why teams – you know, whether teams should be trading their free agents even if they want to re-sign them because yes. they could always re-sign them. Mm-hmm. And you wonder whether they, the Phillies could have gotten a could have gotten Utley to re-sign, but B could have gotten Utley to re-sign at what seems to be somewhat below market. Uh, if they had, I mean, there there does seem to be some value to keeping a player, and there does seem to be some value to probably trading for a player like Utley. Like there probably is some benefit, some advantage that the team that trades for him has in re-signing him that we don't necessarily calculate when we're doing the math about whether these deals are good so anyway you can go anywhere you want yeah there there probably is uh i think it was i think it was ranny and joe ranny Cesarely and joe sheehan were were talking about how maybe that calculus is kind of different with a player who's never played for another team mm, yeah like cano and like utley who've been Makes just sense. just lifetime philly lifetime yankee uh Maybe they would be less willing to play somewhere else, sign somewhere else, because they've never experienced that, and they're so comfortable in the one place they've always played. And if you do trade them and expose them to some other some other city, and they like it, then uh, maybe they'd be more likely to sign somewhere else, or maybe they'd feel less appreciated, or like their legacy as a lifetime Philly is already compromised, so it's not a consideration anymore. Um, so that probably varies by player, but yeah, I, I would like to see that more. Uh, so anyway, Utley, um, I mean, he's, he's been for a few years now, uh, really since 2009, I guess was the last time he had a full season. Um, he's been one of those injured or effective guys. Uh, and I, I love those guys and I feel like you, you like those guys too. Uh, the guys who are either on the DL or they are playing at an extremely high level. Um, I really like those guys, but it only lasts for so long because eventually all of the injuries that lead to those disabled list appearances uh, start to affect your skills. And then at some point you become healthy and not so effective. And then that's sad. Yeah, I kind of feel like the healthy, uh, what, whatever you said, healthy or injured. What? How did you? What? What was your ampersand? Uh, injured or effective or injured, injured or effective. injured or elite or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I kind of feel like it's one of those things where by the time you notice the trend, yeah, it's, you, you, it's too late. Yeah, it's, it's like coming this, to like, an end probably. Right, it's this awesome stock that you've, uh, you know, you finally have you you've noticed how awesome it is just about the time that everybody else did too, and then you know, it tanks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would bet on, on Utley to be injured or effective going forward. Um, I feel like it's going to be either or that it probably, there comes a point, particularly for a 35 year old middle infielder there, it seems like there comes a point where you just, you commit to one or the other. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you are kind of betting on his health. I don't think, but I mean, you know, Beltron is, it has managed to, to be healthy or effective, uh, sorry, injured or effective. <laughs> yes. Um, and I don't know, maybe Berkman did for a while, but it, it seems to me that, that there comes a point where, uh, you're, you are betting on his health. You can't count on him to be great 
if he's continuing to battle injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I guess you do have to sort of wonder how many games you think Utley's going to play in the next two years. Yeah. Uh, so what has he... He's averaged over the last three seasons. Uh, so the last three seasons, he's basically averaged 100 games. Um, and it looks like he will he'll top that unless he gets hurt again this year. Uh, but, I, I mean, I guess you can't really expect him to play more than that as as a 35 36 year old but uh it's i guess like you were saying with ben zobris the other day that even if he had a hundred game suspension you'd still you'd still pick up a seven million dollar option for him just because you mm-hmm. you thought he'd be worth it in in the other 62 games so i mean i i guess at at uh i don't know at at 12 13 million per year if if Utley plays a hundred games uh, he could be worth that, even even well, if he doesn't play at the same level that he has historically. If he does, he does need to play at the same level. That's the thing. He, if he only plays a hundred games, he has to stay just as good as he is. If he plays one hundred and forty games, well, then he can decline. I don't know. His, I mean, two thousand eleven, he played one hundred and three games. He was worth over three wins. Two thousand twelve, eighty three games. He was worth three wins. This year, eighty three games worth over three wins already. Okay. So, yeah, right. I don't know. So, if he played 100 games and was slightly worse than he's been, uh, he could be still an average or maybe slightly above average player. And maybe yeah. that's kind of worth it. All right. So, there's room there. There's room there for, for some decline. And there's room there for some injuries and for the Phillies still to get their money's worth. And there's obviously there's a route where he doesn't decline in the next two years, which is totally possible and then Mm -hmm. he stays healthy for two years which is possible he's basically done it this year and the phillies get a uh you know an mvp candidate for the next two years who doesn't make much it kind of that would be kind of awesome yeah uh and maybe then he would have a decent hall of fame case because as it as it is right now i mean if he if he just tacks on say i mean he's just we have him at 45 wins uh Above replacement. Yeah, I, reference has him at fifty-eight. Uh huh. Um, so I I don't know if he just had a couple compiling years and just tacked on a little bit. I I don't know if he he gets there. I mean, he might deserve to get there, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think he gets there. Yeah, I don't think he gets there either. I don't think he gets there. Unless I mean, unless he plays for seven more years at this level, I just don't think he gets there. Sad. Yeah, I don't know if he needs seven. Maybe. Well, I don't know if he had. Like, I don't. Think, well, the, I think there's a perception of him that he's not even really that close. He's never finished higher than seventh in MVP voting, mm-hmm. and you know he he had basically he had a a run where he was an all star, but he hasn't been an all star in three years. And you know I've got a pretty convincing Venn diagram here, Ben. <laughs> drawn. I should note drawn by hand. A <laughs> in, Venn di- in paint. I, I or know. Freehand. I, Freehand, colored, colored with colored pencil. If anybody wants to see what my handwriting looks like, I wrote it by hand. All the text is written by hand. So what were it's the really kind of embarrassing? What were the four <laughs> circles that he fit into? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He's got uh, the the short career, I guess. He's short career, started late, short, has kind yeah, of tailed sh- off. He's he's got the well-rounded player who doesn't lead the league in anything. Or, uh, I guess sort of. So the, the four that I did were short career because, yeah, he, he started late yeah. because of uh, Placido Polanco, and he's probably going to end early because he's a second baseman. 
Um, he's overshadowed by a teammate slash similar player mm-hmm. in his career. Uh, in his case, uh, by Ryan Howard, who was getting all the MVP awards, all of them. Um, he played a position that is underrepresented, um, which is second base and third base are way underrepresented. And he has m- most of his value derived by walks, defense, or other overlooked stats. Right, yeah. Uh, he's Yeah, his only black ink on baseball reference is... He led the league in runs in 2006, and he led the league in hit-by-pitches for three years in a row, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if he had a if he had a few more good years, then he would be a, I guess he'd be a, a popular sabermetric candidate. But I don't know how much mainstream support he'd get. I think he's uh, he's got a really incredible peak. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're looking at reference, his five-year peak. Five consecutive years, forty war. I mean, yeah. he was. There was only one player in the game better than him, and I think he's basically Tim Raines, except started later, where he was the, you know, basically at, for a decent portion of his career, uh, he was the second best player in baseball. So I think he's a sabermetric darling, just if he plays out this Phillies contract. I think in two years. He'll be over sixty on on Baseball Reference, mm-hmm. and I think he'll be a, a he'll he'll be a sabermetric darling for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that, um, that is quite a peak from two thousand five to two thousand nine. They have him at seven seven eight nine eight. Yeah, that's not bad. And he never finished higher than seventh in MVP voting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While playing on winning teams, while playing on winning teams that produced two different MVPs yeah like two different two different teammates won MVP awards instead yep. of him so like you can't even be like oh well, he was playing for a lousy team he was playing for uh, yeah whatever <laughs> we, we will have plenty of hot takes to come when he's actually eligible yes I'm sure all right any more Facebook talk you want to get in uh, I did have a brief banter point <laughs> that I okay. that I forgot to bring up not Facebook related um, I wanted to ask you what your stance is on team Twitter account trash talking. Oh, I'm all for it. Me I, too. I, I love it. I don't. I, I when I see the when I see the AL East teams dumping on the Rays yeah. because the Rays are kind of brash. I just don't. I mean, it's super fine. And like, especially if you appreciate the like the people who are doing these, they're not like <laughs> they're not. This is not some like super calculated corporate <laughs> ad campaign. No. It's basically like an intern. Like yeah. you just have to think that this is like a some guy who you would like in real life, Probably, who somehow yeah. some somehow got access to it. Relations, right? He somehow from... got access to this Twitter account, like like <laughs> with like millions of followers. With millions of followers, <laughs> I know. Like just, it's. I think it's a. I think it's a beautiful thing. I love uh, it. Did you see the the Nationals Braves one? No. Uh, so this came yesterday, I guess, after Tehran hit hit Harper, um, and the Braves started it. The Braves uh, account said uh, "clown move, bro," oh, which yeah, oh. I know. <laughs> well, that's not. That's then I just turned. I've changed my opinion. <laughs> but shut them all down. But then the Nationals account responded, "Which part? Giving up the home run or drilling the twenty-year-old on the first pitch his next time up?" Nice. Uh, yeah, and then. But I was sad to see that Frank Wren <laughs> apologized for for this Twitter behavior. He said, uh, 
I think it was simply an inappropriate attempt at humor from our social media department. It doesn't reflect how we feel or how we want to do business or who we are. You shouldn't be directing anything unless it's positive or uplifting to another team or an opponent. I think that is plain and simple. Hmm. I disagree. I, well, I, it was an inappropriate attempt at humor. Well, I yes. mean that, that particular <laughs> the, attempt at humor. It was, was a lame joke, but but I yeah, but I I approve of this. It's just a little a little touch of WWE uh, in baseball, but not not involving the players, and and that's good because you know if players started doing this stuff, maybe it could get ugly, and there could be brawls and people getting hit, and no one wants that. But this is this is harmless. Uh, just fan base baiting and I'm all for it. All right. Okay. Uh, we've got one more show tomorrow and we're done with this one.